Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's the tax man. He may not be a superhero, but Tony Morrow has saved many retirement plans with his nearly superhuman knowledge of tax planning strategies. It's time for Plan with the Tax Man. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning into this edition of Plan with the Tax Man with Tony Morrow. As always, we appreciate your time here on our podcast while we talk about investing, finance, and retirement. What's up, Tony? How are you, bud? I'm good. Cold here in the Midwest, and we're bracing for colder. Oh, yeah. Big fun. As uh, February is winding down, it's about that time of the year, but you're also heating up because you got more and more going on with the tax side of things, right? We do. Yeah, yeah. we're just getting into the, the throes of it, you know, and everybody's starting to receive all their info and, mm-hmm. you know, are calling in for their appointments and asking a lot of questions. Yeah. So February, March, very busy for us on the tax, you know, prep yeah. slash yeah. compliance side. Yeah. Well, I know you guys have, there's a big Wells Fargo kind of component out there. So I wanted to ask you about this. Uh, obviously this, uh, this deal with the CEO, John Stumpf, I guess if I'm saying that right, where he's been barred from the banking industry and has to pay back, you know, uh, like 18, almost $18 million in fines due to some issues that had been going on. Um, just kind of get, I wanted to kind of get your take on that. Yeah. You know, and I get asked that a lot from our, our tax clients who are our clients who happen to be you know, Wells Fargo employees. And of course, they're hearing it, you know, on the front lines. And it was hard to miss it, you know, over the last couple of years. Everybody right. knows kind of what happened there with yeah, creating they, fake bank they accounts. They created I guess. some fake yeah. accounts, you know, at the retail banking level, you know, to make things uh, look better than they like were. Like sales quotas or something. A lot of pressure. Yeah. And the fallout of that really is, I mean, and, and I've heard from, you know, employees there that, you know, besides him basically uh, being barred and, and getting out, you know, a number of others as well of course i feel for the employees you know because they, they really t- they take a lot of heat but their clients you know the, the the public are you know very upset about it you know sure, obviously yeah, yeah gives them a black eye so to speak taking a lot of bad press uh, because of it and you know just because of that that whole trust issue right is, right is down to and uh i don't know we we tend to laugh about it but you know th- th- it's a serious matter you know but it does go on at these big companies, you know, more than, than some think. And, and unfortunately this one, you know, kind of reared its head and, and, and I'm not justifying it by any means. I mean, but you know, managers in the, in the uh, branches probably thought they were doing what, what they needed to do. And there was, it sounds to me like there just was a breakdown in supervision and some things like that. Some, some checks and balances. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Sometimes you get you know these companies, you just get directives from higher above and you just kind of are doing what you're told or whatever the case is. And sometimes it's just not a matter of taking a minute to think it through and think, well, this, does this make any sense or whatever? And, and emotions can, you know, factor into those things because you want to keep your job. So you want to do the things that you're being asked to do and, exactly. and so on and so forth. So I thought we would spend a little time today talking about how to account up for emotions in our financial plan, you know, not solely just, just this type of situation, but just kind of le- leading us into it because they do factor into everything we do, whether it's our, at our work, whether it's at home, whether it's in our financial decisions. And so often, obviously, in this situation, you know, for this gentleman, uh, agreed got in there. But what typically do you find are the most, you know, the most common emotions when you're sitting down to work with clients or prospective clients that drive their financial decisions? Is it usually the big two, which is fear and greed? I think it's, it's both of those. And I, I think we have too much news coming at us, you know, 24 seven and people get fixated on the latest and greatest. And I think that drives a lot of it too. You know, they, that's 20 years ago, 25 years ago, 
you know, all those channels that run 24 seven weren't really around. And, <laughs> no. and you know, uh, it, it is, we have a lot, we have a lot of information at our fingertips, but I, I think people make their decisions based on, you know, how the market does in one day. And then they listen to CNN or somebody else, you know, given their opinion and right. they want to change everything they're doing. And we try to advise them, you know, that's not the best way to obviously to uh, invest for the long term, but generally it, it's, I think it's more fear. You know, lately, I think it's more greed because everybody thinks, you know, that this market that we've had, you know, for the last few years, especially is going to always continue. And, you know, we're trying to temper it a little bit is, you know, just let's stay the course here. Right. Well, is that the most common mistakes? I was going to ask you kind of what are the big ones that you typically see? And, you know, obviously, if it's those two, you know, I, I use my brother a lot as an example on shows that I'm hosting because he's 61 and he is forever you know, very skittish about, you know, oh, is this the thing that's going to cause the market to finally fall? You know, right now, obviously it's the, you know, it's the coronavirus thing. And he's like, oh yeah, you know, it's going to wind up, you know, production's going to come to a halt and yada, yada, yada. So he's, he's forever hopping back and forth. It, it, what are some other things you see people do? I see a lot of people basically jumping into things that they don't know anything about, especially on, you know, some information they've gotten and not so much the retirees, but this would be the, the younger people. Okay. Instead of just you know sticking with their goals and systematically investing, I see a lot of them right now wanting to. I've already had it this tax season so far. Is they're point blank asking me, well, what, you know, what do you think I should invest in? Because everything's going up, you know. And I, I tell them, if, well, if I knew that, I wouldn't be you know uh, still working here. I would have already done it and uh, been gone. So I think they take a real chance by doing that, and I think that's a mistake if unless that's truly part of, of their goals. Now, on the retirees, a little different. Retirees are constantly on that fence of, boy, I don't want to take any risk, but I'm not getting enough return. So maybe you know, I'll dump a bunch of money into a high-yielding dividend-paying stock, and that may not be the best either. You know, so. Right, right. Yeah. Well, you know, are there times, Tony, okay, so if we're definitely looking at our our listening audience, which is typically pre-retirees and retirees, are there some times when it's appropriate to factor in the emotions into the decision-making, knowing that it's probably going to happen anyway? Is there some that kind of maybe make more sense than others, I guess? I think so. I, I think fear, it would be the, the big one. That I think it, you always have to you know, understand that you know, these markets go up and down depending on what you're in. And you know, it's got to be sensible for you. And you've got to be willing to accept the return based on the risk that you want to take, not what just the S&P 500 is doing. Because sometimes I think people think a little bit irrationally. And I try to tell them, you know, if you're basing our relationship on return and return only, you're going to be sorely disappointed. But not only with me, I think with any advisor, you know, and because if you want the return of the S&P 500, for example, I can do that. We'll just go out and get you an index fund. But you're going to have to, you know, stomach what happens in that index fund over time. Right. You know, so uh, we try to talk to them a little bit about, you know, some of that and the fact that well, you, maybe you don't need the best uh, return. Maybe, you know, for what the risk you want to take, it's X. And I think that's the one that I would lean towards. Well, and so I was also thinking, and tell me what you think on this. Sometimes if we're thinking emotions and financial decision, the first thing that pops in my mind for a lot of retirees is like the homestead, like coming to that decision. Well, we should probably, maybe it makes logical or financial sense to downsize uh, the home, but there's obviously an emotional factor goes into it if it's the home where you raise the kids, right? Right. 
So, exactly. you know, so, so sometimes you have to work people through those. So it, what do you do in those situations? Do you present like the, the data and say, okay, here's the data of, you know, here's what the math says. And now let's, let's figure out a happy ground because let's say one, you know, one part of the family, maybe the wife wants to stay in the house and the husband wants to move. You've got to kind of help them through that too, right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. And a lot of times when we're, especially with retirees, drawing up different plans and offering advice. And I, and I, I do like to be visual. Mm-hmm. And so, but I don't like to get real technical because most people aren't into the numbers like most finance people. Are. Sure. Right. But that's why we come to you. They want to know, you know, <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, I try to show them mathematically in, in simple terms, you know, here's what, based on, on what you said you need and what you said you want, this can work, but you need to do it this way. And, and, and here's the uh, pluses and minuses, you know, of doing it that way. And if you can live with that, then this is a great way to go. If not, then we have to change some things up a little bit so that you're comfortable, you know, on the emotional side. Because the last thing you want, especially in retirement, is to be worried about, you know, my gosh, you know, I just saw in the news today that something happened, you know, the coronavirus, right, you know, right, or, yeah. whatever it might be. And I'm all panicked about, you know, my, my future. That's, that's not what we're about at all. So it's definitely worth constructing a plan based on, I, I think your emotional needs as well as, you know, the mask got to work at the end of the day, you know, for, right, uh, right. for everybody. Yeah. And that's kind of how I was going to finish this uh, podcast off. I was going to say at the, at the end of the day, I guess you really do have to balance both sides of this coin, right? Of this you equation. Do. You've got to say, okay, what are your emotional, what are the you know concerns you're having emotionally? And then here's what the math says and where can we strike that balance? I mean, so I imagine you go that into every, or the outcome of every plan has to take both of those things into account. It does. Absolutely. All right. Well, there you go. So we got to account for emotions in our financial plan because we're emotional creatures, right? We, it's just something we do in all aspects and walks of life. And we can try to, you know, let the, something is like math be, you know, kind of cold, hard data, but it's still going to kind of creep in there. So we want to make sure that we're balancing both of those being smart about the decisions we're trying to make, uh, obviously from a mathematical and from an emotional standpoint and working with an advisor, you know, can certainly help you kind of do that because they're going to take they're going to be able to take some of that emotional component out because they're not obviously emotionally invested like we are, right? So that's a way that's to look right. at that, yeah. All right, well, so if you've got questions or concerns, you want to get on the calendar with Tony, give him a call, come in, have a conversation with him. It's going to be getting busy, so definitely reach out and let him know if you've got some tax questions, if you want to spend some time with the team at Tax Doctor Inc., let them know at 844-707-7381. Uh, you may have gotten this uh, podcast through their email blast or newsletter. Reach out, let them know you want to come in and have a chat, maybe uh get on the calendar. You can also go to yourplanningpros.com. That is yourplanningpros.com. Tony's an EA and a CFP with 23 plus years in the experience or experience in the industry, excuse me. And of course, you can always subscribe to our podcast to catch future episodes as well at that website, yourplanningpros.com or at various different outlets like Apple, Google, Spotify, and so on. This has been Playing with the Tax Man with Tony Morrow. Tony, my friend, thanks so much. I'll let you get back to your busy day and we'll talk soon. All right. Sounds good. Take care. All right, folks. We'll see you next time right here on Plan with the Tax Man. Securities offered through Avantax Investment Services, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Avantax Advisory Services. Insurance services offered through Avantax Insurance Agency.